just assessing kind of what the different options are within each of the different platforms and then having a mix of, okay, what is a sensible thing where you're going to invest in touch points and clicks that are going to drive that revenue for your business versus the how are you going to make sure that this is as incremental as possible? Because ultimately, if you just invest in the bottom of the funnel, you're not going to meet new people and eventually clicks that you're able to acquire at the bottom of the funnel are going to start reducing because no new people are aware of your brand, less people are moving down that purchase consideration funnel. But then you think about the social landscape. The research and data is hugely significant. When we combine all of these different touch points, build that long-term loyalty. And then diving into the clicks to leads to sales. It's gotten to a point where it can drive better results than audience targeting. And really is what's going to set you apart. You're tuning in. You're tuning in. You're tuning in to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. In a world where clicking a button can bring products from around the globe to your doorstep, E-commerce has become a powerhouse of opportunity and innovation. From startups to industry giants, businesses are continually adapting to meet the demands of an increasingly digital-savvy audience. Today, let's dive deeper into the world of e-commerce marketing, where strategies are reshaped, challenges are conquered, and innovations are celebrated. Our guest is no stranger to the scene. With a wealth of experience and insights, he's been at the forefront of this transformative journey. Hello and welcome to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Sneha Suhas, and joining us is Henry Marshall, founder and managing director of Silvertip Digital. Thanks so much for joining us, Henry. Uh, Excited to have you on the show. And now I'll pass it to you to introduce yourself, your areas of expertise and your professional experience so far. Thanks, Neha. Thank you so much. Uh, really happy to be here. Yes, yeah, so I'm Henry. I uh, run Silvertip Digital, which is a, a sort of bespoke uh, digital marketing agency based in London. I set Silvertip up in 2017. So since then, we have experienced quite a lot of change in the world of e-commerce and quite a few global events as well, which have uh, been quite an interesting sea to navigate. So yeah, really happy to be here and uh, really excited to talk about e-commerce and Silvertip Digital. Awesome. Thank you so much once again. So my first question to you is about uh, the rapidly evolving e-commerce landscape. In your view, what are some of the most significant changes that have shaped the e-commerce industry's digital marketing strategies in the past few years? Perfect. There's been lots of change over the last couple of years, as, as, I've, uh, as I mentioned. But I think the, the key things that have kind of really changed the way that we operate within e-commerce and, and digital marketing as a whole is privacy. And, and the respect to individuals' privacy online is, is so much more paramount to um, you know, how, how things operate online, which is obviously perfect for what, what we want as individuals and as, as people. I think that's a really important thing. But it does mean that the uh, the world of digital marketing is a little bit more difficult to keep a measure of and uh, track the sort of you know effectiveness of some of the campaigns that we're running. So there's been lots of sort of developments in terms of how how we're able to track, uh, which platforms can track where, methods of tracking, all of that sort of thing. And basically, it just means that the amount of revenue that you can associate to each of your campaigns is a lot lower. And if you can't associate the revenue to the campaigns, then you are reticent to invest in those campaigns and, you know, put media spend into them, not really knowing if they're going to make as big an impact to your business as before. Um, and then second to that and, and related is, is attribution. So 
you know, where if you've got your business revenue and you can see your business revenue and then you've got all of your different marketing channels and you've got your media spend in each of those marketing channels, how do you attribute that revenue to individual channel media spend? And how do you ensure that that marketing mix is correct? And I know we're going to talk a little bit about marketing mix in a sec, but how do we make sure that that's correct in order for you to drive the most amount of revenue for your business? So I think that's really a real big piece as well. Um, And then the third thing I would say is cost of living. So the kind of things that are happening around us in the real world are impacting massively the performance of uh, digital marketing campaigns and, and digital businesses online. For example, if you've got a product which is you know super expensive or or you know potentially um, you know quite a fair um, outlay of, of money for consumers, then that's going to have a massive impact in terms of your conversion rates and how many uh, prospective customers there are out there to purchase it. Conversely, during the pandemic, when lots of people uh, were at home and didn't have to spend money on travel, uh, commuting to work, and you know sort of day-to-day costs that were associated with kind of going out and about um you know they had lots of money to spend online and therefore you saw a massive boom in terms of the conversion rates and the performance of these online campaigns so henry as you mentioned um, if we could uh, move a little and talk about the media mix you know with the rise of multiple online platforms and touch points could you paint a picture of what the media mix should look like with paid social search and programmatic yeah, absolutely. So I think there's still definitely a place to invest in each of the different channels. Each channel has their own sort of benefits and, and risks associated with implementing marketing budget in, in, in each. But I think that and, and you can still get performance marketing data. So you can still see revenue and sales associated with different campaign types and different campaigns and that sort of thing. So you can still, to a point, invest your marketing in uh, your marketing budgets in each of these different platforms. And, you know, you can kind of get by in terms of some of the data that you're getting from each of those different platforms. What's key, though, is understanding kind of how your overall business performance looks with when you're looking at a specific marketing mix. So, for example, if you've got X revenue and you know what your marketing mix is in this month, maybe if you invest in, for example, more top of funnel activity like programmatic or PPC generic or something like that, where you know that that traffic is relevant to your business and you're um, serving a nice message and you've tried and tested that message in terms of its effectiveness, then you know that the traffic that you're acquiring with that change in media mix is going to have a positive impact in your business the way that you measure that is by month by month is looking at what your top line revenue does. And if you've got data in terms of your customer acquisition, if you've got data in terms of, um, you know, if you've got different customer cohorts that you can track over time, then you can start to say, right, okay, well, these are the, these are the customers that we acquired with this media mix. These are the customers that we acquired with this media mix. And how do they compare? Are we, you know, is investing in programmatic and PPC generic and YouTube and all these sort of top of funnel activities, you know, are we getting that incremental benefit of appearing in front of a new audience outside of things that we were doing before? Sort of, there's a lot more trial and error because there's less data for you to see the direct impact of, you know, some of the the, the campaign types in 
um, in these platforms. But there's still a lot of different ways that you can kind of measure the overall impact. And, and you know, the, the fundamental thing that's really important for every business is what the top line is, what the bottom line is, and how your marketing mix changes to affect the changes in both of those metrics. Would you like to add anything about um, certain channels being uh, suited better at different stages of the funnel? Basic question, if somebody is just starting off, you know, trying to market their e-commerce brand, uh, what would you say to them? Like, how do they approach the funnel? As I said before, like each channel has their own merit. So, for example, with Google Ads, you can see you have like bottom of funnel campaign types. So that's when you're bidding on your own brand terms or you're bidding on your brand term plus product or your specific product names or things like that. If people are searching those terms, then they are of a mind to purchase from you. And then you've got more top of funnel activities such as generic keywords where people are searching for for the type of the product but they're not necessarily thinking of your brand or they're not necessarily thinking of, you know, the materials or the qualities or the the benefits of your specific product, but they are in the market for that product. So you can look at each channel and you can say, right, these campaigns are going to drive more return on ad spend because those people are more likely to purchase having uh, like navigated to your business via those, um, those touch points. But you're also not going to, that, that's going to be the least incremental way of like implementing your advertising. So if you want to get in front of as many new people as possible and grow your business that way, then you need to look at things that are top of funnel. And you can do that with every channel. So PPC, we've used that example, but you've also got things like programmatic where you've got prospecting activity versus the retargeting element. In paid social, you've got something similar where you can kind of prospect based on different targeting methods like interests and things like that versus people who have been on the website or interacted with your ads, uh, interacted with your page, that sort of thing. So I think just assessing kind of what the different options are within each of the different platforms and then having a mix of, okay, what is a sensible thing where you're going to invest in touch points and clicks that are going to drive that revenue for your business versus the how are you going to make sure that this is as incremental as possible? Because ultimately, if you just invest in the bottom of the funnel, you're not going to meet new people and eventually those the, the 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 clicks that you're able to acquire at the bottom of the funnel are going to start reducing because no new people are aware of your brand and therefore a sort of move uh, uh, less people are moving down that purchasing cons- purchase consideration funnel wonderful thank you and um, if i could move away from that and uh, bring the focus on personalization which has become you know a cornerstone of successful e-commerce marketing I think contextual could play a big role here. So if you could elaborate on its role in enhancing the overall customer experience and also driving conversions, uh, what do you, you know, what do you have to say about contextual in general? And do you think programmatic or any other channel here has an edge? Absolutely. So there's a lot of channels online that kind of utilize contextual marketing. So that is targeting, you know, specific ad placements based on you know the context of that individual so it might be interest targeting it might be keyword targeting uh, if you're talking about programmatic it might be sort of in market audiences that sort of thing so that a lot of these platforms use contextual marketing but the thing I that I would say is uh, people are very sort of isolated in 
their specific channels. So someone might just continually use uh, Instagram or they might use Facebook or whatever it might be. And so any adverts that they see in their Instagram feed or in their meta feed or whatever it might be, they are going to see them in conjunction with all of the other ads that they see. And and it's really easy when you kind of fall into one of these buckets that is is meant to be contextual and personalized to you. But really, so if I click on a bike post and I fall into a, you know, a road bike bucket in terms of advertisers targeting me, you will start to see like five ads in your newsfeed of bikes. So the contextualization of those um, ads is not as clever as the individual advertiser selecting, you know, all these different interest targeting or in-market audiences to to show their ad to that person because the person is going to see loads of ads of the same product and therefore it's going to become like not, you know, the personalization element of it becomes almost like, the negative as opposed to kind of the, the purpose of what it's trying to do. Where you can kind of get around this is by uh, using a lot more kind of algorithmic targeting. So based on uh, lookalike audiences of existing customers, where it's not just necessarily one element of their social footprint, but there's, you know, it's a, it's a combination of different factors, which means that the adverts that they see in their feed are less likely to be as kind of jarringly similar as other advertisers. But the other thing is, you know, outside of these silos of each of these different platforms sits obviously the internet. And, you know, kind of there are people who still surf the internet and look at content online and, you know, they still browse websites and that's still obviously a fundamental part of how people interact with the internet. And programmatic is um, such a key part of tying all of those silos together. And what we've seen anecdotally is, you know, all of the platform performance in uh, in Instagram and in Google and all these different platforms, we actually see improve if you tie it all together with um, a programmatic strategy where basically you, um, you know, you're kind of, the context is, you know, it becomes a lot wider than just, you know, someone scrolling their Instagram feed or whatever it might be. So, yeah, contextual advertising is, um, you know, it's a big part of how digital marketing works, but it's almost become a little bit too... Um, you know, facile to, uh, to to sort of implement these strategies and kind of think they're going to be effective. Um, and it's much cleverer and much, you know, much, it's so, so important these days to make sure that you've got a much wider strategy that incorporates, you know, targeting people who are not necessarily just in each of these different platforms. Amazing. Thank you. And um, wanted to ask you about earning customer trust, right, which is vital in e-commerce, which is Uh, quite a cluttered space, if I may say so. You know, what strategies do you recommend for building credibility online with customers having numerous options and also a lot of concerns? So trust online is 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 vital because um, you know there's so much that happens when someone comes onto a website and you know having navigated via via an ad that they didn't you know in, in some cases they didn't choose to see that ad but they've been you know targeted through contextual marketing or, or um, you know different different methods. So if you click on that ad and they come through to the website, then there's a real sort of there's a key moment for you to kind of capitalize their interest and make sure that they're kind of happy, uh, you know, to continue on this journey in, in, in this interaction with your brand. Um, and fundamental to that is the product and the quality of the product, the value of the product. And it's becoming so much more important these days 
to ensure that you're marketing your products, you know, as it as it should be in terms of, you know, it's got to be something that adds value to people's lives. It's got to be good value. It's got a, um, you know, there's a real environmental edge into a lot of, um, you know, what people sell online these days. You know, there's a big kind of, you know, waste issues and plastic issues and things like that, which are, you know, quite top of mind in terms of, you know, people's consciousness of how they kind of make these buying decisions online. So you have to make sure that your product or your service kind of adheres to a lot of these values that that people place. Like, so, so the price of the product is only one element of the value that um, people get from that. So that's fundamental. So gone are the days where you can just market pretty much any product online and you can um, uh, just sort of get the, you know, run a load of keywords in PPC and get the value from the data that you're, you're sort of able to get from there. Because it's a lot more kind of algorithmic and because there's a lot more privacy concerns and therefore there's less data, you have to lean into the quality of your product you have to sell the value of that product in terms of you know it actually being valuable and it actually being something that people are going to want to buy you still obviously there's still a place for you know lower price products and obviously like amazon have kind of cornered the value market and the uh, the the sort of um, convenience market in terms of their delivery options all that sort of thing people know that that's going to be a seamless experience online but so but in terms of like as an individual as a d2c brand you know, you can use Amazon as a channel and you can use, you know, various different marketing channels, but the, the quality of your product and uh, having the, you know, being able to convey the value of that product to your consumer um, is, has become a lot more um, important. And especially in uh, sort of kind of the last couple of months and, and years where there's been a, a cost of living crisis, like people are a lot more careful with their budget and a lot more careful with money that they're spending um and so you know that product really does have to make a make a you know a difference to their lives awesome and um if i could um you know ask you about any challenges and trends that you see in uh, the near future but what would what would they be with respect to e-commerce and e-commerce digital marketing yeah so i think um there's definitely there's going to be more privacy issues. I think there will be, you know, there's talk about how uh, Apple are going to start stripping out like tracking parameters and things from from URLs. And so there's going to be a lot more sort of shift in terms of how we can measure the performance of these campaigns. And also, I think, you know, we're seeing massive fluctuations in terms of the cost of the traffic that you can acquire through these different platforms, because advertisers keep reducing their spend and then increasing their spend based on kind of how competitive the market is when it's more competitive the price goes up and people's return on ad spend and their cost per acquisition starts to decrease decrease in performance whereas when there's less competition all the traffic becomes a bit cheaper and then you're able to kind of invest a bit more because your return on ad spends that little bit better so we will can as there's more of these privacy issues and as there's more kind of buffeting of you know, the robustness of these different platforms, we will continue to see these um, sort of variances in performance from each of these platforms in terms of the effectiveness. But um, ultimately, you know, people like businesses still need to purchase traffic online because to get organic cut, cut through in these days is a lot more difficult. Um, you know, it's a lot, you know, everyone it's not not so easy to go viral on TikTok or whatever it might be like and you, and your organic reach on Instagram is is 
not nearly you know anywhere near where where it used to be so you need to be um sponsoring sort of listings to to get to get traffic to the website but it's just going to be you know on against the backdrop of continued privacy issues and the other thing as well automation um so we've seen in google massive changes in terms of their shopping campaigns where they've become uh, performance max campaigns so but the lack of control that you have over you know what traffic you're actually able to target from those campaigns is uh you know it's, it's it's really difficult for an advertiser to kind of have any real impact on that there are some technical bits that you can do to optimize those campaigns but in terms of the levels of insight that we had from these campaigns versus previous campaign types it's just not anywhere near so understanding what your channels are actually doing and what that traffic's actually doing is going to become potentially a bit harder and also being able to influence what that traffic is doing in terms of the optimization that advertisers can do is going to become a little trickier as well but there is still a need for these for businesses to buy traffic online so it won't be it won't be necessarily sort of a situation where we're we're, we're eradicating performance marketing it'll just be a little bit of how we kind of flow with the times. Awesome. And um, last question before I let you go, you spoke about, you know, understanding and this requires a lot of consumption of information and content and keeping yourself updated pretty regularly, right? So if uh, someone's starting off or if someone's actually been in the industry for a few years, what do you recommend as sort of the go-to places to get information from how does a marketer stay updated brilliant question i think the best way is uh from the platforms themselves like google have a google blog and they go into a huge amount of detail in terms of what the changes to their platforms are as a practitioner and you know someone who spends all day every day in, in these platforms there will be times where the, you, you'll log into it one morning and it will look completely different from what it did yesterday um, so just keeping on top of you know and that's just that's just the interface so some of the, the settings and some of the ways that these campaigns function beneath the surface change as well so all of these things are super important to um, to keep to keep on track of on top of there's so much information about um, sort of digital marketing practitioners practice in uh, online so it's just about making sure you're you're reading as many um, sort of uh, resources as possible but i think that the main one is is looking at the 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 output from from the channels themselves amazing um i definitely learned a lot of new things here and i hope the listener did as well uh, it's one of the best parts of hosting the show is getting to talk to people uh, like you with so much expertise and yeah thank you so much no worries my absolute pleasure it's been uh, it's been awesome Thank you. And uh, to you, the one who stuck around till the very end listening to this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to listen to new episodes right when they drop. If you like the podcast, share it with your teammates. It could be a cool resource to post on your work chat as a recommendation. So go ahead and do that. If you want to get in touch, write to us at academy at stackadapt.com. That is academy at stackadapt.com. We have episodes releasing every alternate Wednesday. So stay tuned. Until then, this has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. See you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. If you like what you heard, then there's three things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe. 
Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share our podcast on social media or with anyone who might find value in this content. If you have questions or feedback or just want to learn how agencies and brands work with StackAdapt, you can find us at stackadapt.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.